What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Hey, awesome listener. Happy Anal August. That's right. All month long, all things butt play are being celebrated. Back in 2012, the adult retailer Good Vibrations declared the month, and folks in sex ed circles have been commemorating it ever since. Here in Girl Boner Land, we're going to celebrate by looking back on times when butts have come up during past episodes. First, I think it's important to point out that whether you love anal sex, loathe it, feel sort of meh, or just curious about it, your stance is valid. Since starting this show, I have heard from people who are eager to try pegging, folks who want to experience more pleasure from anal sex, and those who want to figure out how to talk to a partner about it, about their desires for it. I have also heard from listeners who feel shame for not liking or wanting to try it. No matter your view, I promise, there are so many people who enjoy anal sex once in a while, some who really love it routinely, and probably just as many who are not into it at all. You don't have to enjoy or try it, and it is equally dandy if you do. I also think it is a great thing that these conversations about all of this are happening more often. So the first time I explored anal sex on the show was with porn star Vicky Chase in an episode called Anal Sex Extravaganza. As a seasoned adult performer, Vicky has had a lot of experience with anal sex, and she knows that it's almost always pretty different in porn versus in real life. Anal isn't as simple as it may seem in porn, for one thing. It takes practice and preparation often more so than other types of sex. And like all porn sex, the examples you see on the screen are built for visual appeal, not the performer's pleasure. So it's not uncommon for there to be zero clit stimulation, for example, for someone who's receiving it. And yet that person somehow quickly and passionately experiences orgasm. That might happen, but it's probably extremely rare. Vicky pointed out another important aspect of anal sex that's both similar and different, on versus off screen, hygiene. The one similarity is that you you gotta be clean. You know, like you're just gonna save yourself a whole lot of like, heartache and mental stress if you just are thorough with with cleaning you know yourself back there enema until you can't enema anymore because nothing is flushing out and that is the best way to start i feel um professionally like that's it really sucks it slows up the day it really you know kind of like adds undue stress on your body And I don't know what it is, but every time I do it for the camera, I'm just so much more excited and into it. I guess it's it's the performer part of me that comes out a lot. So 
the difference is that at home I could be lazy about it. I could be like, well, I really don't want to, have to clean myself and do this right now. But it's it's an, it's a special treat. So if you want to treat somebody, you want to spice up, you know, the, the bedroom. I highly recommend it because it, it is it is good. And everyone can get pleasure from it. I think it has a reputation for being all about penises and prostate. But yeah. actually, some people have G-spot orgasms through oh it. Oh, my God, yeah. And if you don't orgasm, that's cool, too. You could have a vibrator on your pussy as they're, you know, going up your butt. And it is great, let me tell you. Yeah, adding clitoral stim, like masturbating during it is great. And if you do surprise somebody or want to do it as a treat, making sure they want it, right? Like, yeah. If you're not prepared physically, too. And I like that you mentioned, you know, different ways to clean yourself. I don't know if I would do an enema for it. Maybe if I was going to be filmed, right? <laughs> because then you're like, you, like you said, you want it to be like really clean. Yeah, you're going to be there the all day. Different positions. You're yeah. doing the, you know, the reverse cowgirl. And it's like, that's just gravity. You're like, yeah. uh, uh, you don't want that <laughs> gravity. Yeah, yeah. But it, I don't know. I just, I'm very like, when it just, when it comes to sex, I like to be very clean, like it just smell everything, just very thorough. But I don't know, I guess as a civilian. I think it's great to know that that's an option if you're mm-hmm. especially if you're really concerned about, you know, I think there can be a lot of fear around. Oh, my gosh, what if there's some poo? Like yeah. ew. <laughs> if, if you're really concerned about, I mean, for sure, clean. And yeah. it's nice to know that that is one option. And mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, I probably would be more likely to do like a shower or wet wipes or something like alcohol free mm-hmm. wet wipe before or mm-hmm. something. For sure. And then you can also wear a condom yes. even on a toy or your finger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's stages, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. Don't stress over. Oh, my God. How clean am I? Because you're just beginning, you know, learn how much you you like it, how much you have it. And then, yeah, go based on that, on your, your levels of cleanliness, I guess. Totally. Then. Totally. <laughs> and then lube, because it's not like a oh vagina. Oh, my God. Don't it ever do without it. Exactly. <laughs> don't ever go back there without lube. I yeah. love coconut oil myself. Oh, yeah. Good yes, choice. Because you don't have to keep reapplying. And even if it's not like that gooey stuff in your hand, you could use it for lotion, cooking, and sex. You can also use a commercial lubricant that has a thick texture, such as a silicone lube, which has a nice, smooth feel and lasts longer than water-based lubes. Or if you use a water-based option, reapply it as needed. And remember, saliva is not ideal as a lube. And then also, foreplay is different with anal sex too, right? Because again, you're not, it's not like you're going to have this natural lubrication back there. So, and also the person who is receiving the anal sex should be in control of it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. be the one who says, okay, too much, not enough. Oh, yeah, please. Now go in, come back out. (laughs) (laughs) Do you recommend masturbating anal sex with yourself if, like, you're brand new? Do you think that's a good idea? I think so. I mean, learn your limits. If you go zero to 100, it's going to hurt, and you're not going to want to have another try at it but if you practice I, I feel like they make it so you know fun with the with the butt plugs with the jewels and the you know and the little furries and I think they're just so much fun so I like to relax because it helps you relax back there you're not too surprised about the sensation so I do like to even now like even as a professional anal artist that I am I like to keep a butt plug back there for a minute yeah or two Ah, yeah yeah you know I've heard that's really good foreplay too 
there are some that are so small and discreet. You can be at a restaurant or, you know, Nutty. just knowing that something's mm-hmm. coming is pun intended. And I like that you mentioned that there can be pain and discomfort. And even if you go slowly, you might feel some discomfort. Some people really love that, yeah. you know, because the pain and the receptors and the pleasure are yeah. like really close. Oh, so good. Everyone's so different. There's actually, we featured recently the B vibe from the pleasure chest, which is it's like a beginner's anal toy. So it's another way to try starting out. And it's for couples. So it vibrates. There's a lot of different options. But starting with a small toy, don't you think, if you've never used Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because there's monster to- toys out there. And you're like, who uses this? <laughs> anal queens. Do you have a favorite toy? Of all? Oh, my God. Of all, yes. The old school Hitachi. God, I was just reading. It's been around for years. I saw a very old one from like the 1940s or 50s. So it's basically a massage wand. It's got a rubber, you know, edge and it vibrates. It's got like two levels, the low and the high. That's the original magic wand. Um, it's white. It's all white. It's got a, a, some blue in it on the neck of it, right between the, the head of the toy and the actual handle, which is a long one. I have to jump in here and mention how useful that length is for anyone who has difficulty reaching certain body parts, including during anal sex. A listener recently asked me how they could experience more pleasure while receiving doggy-style sex. When you're propped up, say, on your hands and knees, and someone is entering your vagina or anus with a penis or toy from behind. If you have a vulva, one way to experience more pleasure that way is to use a magic wand to stimulate your external clit while you play. And then there's cordless now, which I love, but they're not as powerful as the ones that have a cord. The ones that have a cord, I will come so hard in two minutes. Versus the cordless one is more like four minutes. It takes twice as long. <laughs> but it's okay. Sometimes you Still just want to take quick. your time. Yeah. yeah, and that's true. Sometimes you want to feel the arousal more yeah. for your body. Exactly. And sometimes you just want that quick, quick getting off. Yeah. So I know another tip for anal sex is not to use numbing creams because oh God, no. you could really hurt yourself, right? I see why people might think they'd help because you're like, oh, it's going to hurt. So therefore, I will numb myself. But then you can really get injured. Yeah. You want to feel everything because if something's not feeling right, you stop. Yeah. It's, you need that hole. So. Thank you. Yes. And that's the case for all sex. Like if something yeah. is not feeling good, and I'm not talking about a kinky thing where you want a little discomfort or pain or whatever, mm-hmm. if it's not feeling good, stop. Yeah. You know, communicate about it, shift positions. Sex is not supposed to hurt. It's not. I mean, yeah. and even if you want it to, just be safe because, you know, you don't want to end up not being able to have sex. How do, sad is that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do people get, like with all performance arts, people get injured sometimes. Yeah. So I imagine that can happen on set. Is that something that happens occasionally? And how do you deal with it? I mean, knock on wood, I've never had, you know, an issue with myself or, you know, the person I've worked well actually shouldn't say that once I I did kind of uh hurt um my girl I was you know eating her out and then like I guess we both kind of moved in and and I kind of like pressed my my tooth on on her clit and she was like ah and I was like oh (laughs) but luckily everything was fine so yeah do have caution when eating the box you know (laughs) we got teeth but I've heard of instances where guys have actually had their their penis break. Like, 
You know, we just talked about broken penises. Oh, my God. Yeah, the other week, because we had a question from somebody, a woman who had accidentally broken her partner's penis. Yeah, it can oh, happen. It's yeah. pretty rare, but yeah. very painful. Very painful. And I, I wonder if it has to do with the fact some of these guys are now starting to, like, I guess, inject some kind of, like, fluid into their dick so that it stays uh, hard longer. That could be part of it, because one thing I read was that like Viagra and some of those medications Mm -hmm. can make a penis so hard Mm -hmm. that like the harder it is, because obviously there's no actual bone to break, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it can, if it's the harder it is, it seems like the more potential there is of like a quick movement snapping. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an emergency situation. Again, guys, go to the ER immediately if that happens and you can heal from it. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, they've become more common. I I didn't realize that makes sense though. I mean, I'm not that surprised that you mentioned it that there might be injections happening and stuff like that because Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that that happens after Viagra stops working, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. And that's crazy because I hear those are can be quite dangerous cuz eventually when they get older, they're not going to be able to- Get it hard at all? Yeah, at and all, for all. A, for a porn star, you're if you have to stay hard for like hours. They do. My God, I feel so bad for them. I really do because some of these productions really uh, require male talent to stay hard for pictures and then get hard again and stay hard for the scene in different positions, even the positions that don't feel so good. You know, and it's hard. So I understand why they take these big steps, but they're they're dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That's another reason to take extra caution when you're trying to imitate something you have seen in porn. While it is fine to get ideas or inspiration from spicy films, so much time and work goes into porn creation. And it's created not only as entertainment, but the performers are basically athletes. And as Vicky pointed out, going to extremes at times to get the job done. Anal sex is usually a safe activity when you go about it well. But injuries do occasionally happen, like all physical activities. One case covered by Australian broadcasting company News Investigation in 2019 involved a teenage girl. She and a group of friends tried to replicate a group anal sex scene. She was receiving all of this anal, and she ended up with severe internal injuries. And now she needs a colostomy bag for life. So again, please be careful when you're trying something new. Turn to qualified sex educators or credible online resources versus porn alone for your information. If you have an anal fissure or hemorrhoids, You can also experience pain and bleeding during anal sex. This is especially likely if you already are having a flare-up, in which case you might want to skip anal at the time. Or if you don't use lube or you move too quickly or you use an overly large toy. You mentioned uh, teeth on clit. Another thing Mm -hmm. to be careful of, I know, is fingernails. Oh my God, yeah. I do not like to stick my fingernail because I like the nails and I always have the nails. You have so pretty nails. I'm like, I'm thank you. I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I'll, I'll stick a toy in you, but I won't stick my fingers. So I'm not one of those girls that likes to stick fingers. And even I'm very cautious. Like, let me see your fingernails before you go and because it can hurt. Yeah. 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 So if you're especially if you're 
having anal sex and you want to use your fingers, Mm -hmm. make sure you file your nails down, cut off any, Mm -hmm. you know, sharp edges and that kind of stuff. It's really tender. Mm -hmm. Very tender. You don't want to infect it, you know, with anything, any cuts in there. So, yeah, Yeah. no fingernails for me. (laughs) Absolutely. And then the bacteria, too, as you were saying, make sure everything's clean. Same thing goes for for fingers. And also, you might get the urge to have a bowel movement. That's not very likely, by the way, if you don't have the urge beforehand. But it's possible. That's because anal sex stimulates your pelvic floor, which is also why it can feel pleasurable. That same stimulation might cause a little bit of fecal matter to release. If you have a weak anal sphincter, meaning you're prone to leakage or incontinence, that may be more likely during backdoor play. If you want to avoid any of that matter, try to time your anal sex well. You can also avoid spicy or fatty foods just beforehand, or again, consider an enema. Shallower penetration might help too. As they say, just the tip. And I've heard several sex educators recommend things like lighting candles and using a dark towel, if only for your own emotional ease when you're just trying this for the first time. There's also research that shows that things that typically gross us out don't as much during sex. Some guys are okay with that, actually. They're like, oh, it's just poo. I'll wipe it off. And then there's other ones that you're just, they just, you could tell they're gagging. They're like, I'm dying. So everybody's different, but let's just all be respectful. We're all human. It happens. And um, yeah, just excuse yourself and and go handle it and come back and nothing happened. (laughs) And if people are concerned about smears and all that stuff it's Mm -hmm. like well first of all it's a butt like it's an it's an anus where poop comes out so it's normal i mean if that happens it's it's normal but if it freaks you out again like you said cleaning beforehand is is really helpful cleaning after too especially before going into like vaginal sex or something oh my god yeah right oh please i mean i know it's gonna kill the the moment but it's so worth it because those infections i guess you can get bacterial vaginosis and those are oh they don't go away very quickly. So you have to deal with that over, you know, just not wiping and cleaning, you know. Yeah. Cleaning before, cleaning after. You can wear gloves too. A lot of people will wear gloves and obviously toss those out too. If you're new to anal sex or aren't sure how your sphincter will react, slow down. In an interview with Women's Health, educator Taylor Sparks recommended starting with a massage. She described it like this. Warm up your partner first with a lower back massage and extend it to the top of the butt crack, also known as the sacrum. Then, using your fingers or tongue, touch, massage, rub around the anal area to stimulate those endings. That's also called rimming, by the way. Once your partner is comfortable and or excited, start with just inserting one well-lubed finger gently into the anus. And of course, you're doing this with consent, with permission. What would you recommend to somebody who wants to start engaging in anal sex, but Mm -hmm. their partner, either they don't know if their partner enjoys it or their partner is kind of freaked out? Like, how can you start talking about that kind of fantasy in a helpful way? In a helpful way? I mean, just by being patient and, and honest about what it is that turns them on, you know, like, I feel like honesty is the best policy so if you tell me like it's just something that I'm into then obviously like I don't want to judge you I I want I want to please you but I want you to understand that I am scared 
I've never done it before. So be patient. Vicky also recommended watching artful anal porn, such as Anal Beauty, a film she starred in. Women would like like to see this because it's not so hardcore. There's like a little scenario to get you turned on, you know, and, and the girls are always looking very nice and beautiful and clean. And Or you could read anal sex erotica stories and find a tantalizing scene to share or read together. To stream my full, unedited conversation with Vicki Chase, join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash girlboner. You'll also get access to other unedited, archived conversations, as well as bonus clips, behind-the-scenes fun, ask-me-anything chances, prize drawings, and more. So in 2019, I had Alice and Yvette, co-hosts of the podcast Two Girls, One Mike, on the show. We explored their sexual empowerment journeys and talked about a bunch of different questions from listeners. That included some interesting butt stuff. Neither of the gals learned much about sex or sexuality growing up, which is one reason Yvette's anal sex experiences started early. First, Alice's experience. Well, I recall uh, when I was driving with my parents home uh, from a wisdom tooth operation, uh, and I, I vaguely remember this, but definitely to use a condom. And uh, I, I think that was the uh, one thing my parents taught me. And that's really it. We never spoke about it again. How about you, Yvette? What do you remember? Oh, from growing up, let's see. Same. I was raised Catholic. So I learned that condoms are bad, birth control is evil, and you should probably lose it in the butt first or Jesus is kicking you out of heaven. So of course, I lost it in the butt first. How did you learn that you had to take it in the butt first? Because I've heard that from people who grew up in purity culture because they thought that that was not intercourse. Jeez, it's this it's the sex that God can't see as the as the hollow notes. <laughs> Cuz God can't get in our like yeah, apparently back of our God, God can see everything except your butthole. And he created everything but the butthole. So probably Satan made the everything butthole. But the, you know what? Maybe if Satan did make the butthole, then I'm on Satan's team because that was worth it and glorious. <laughs> so it was a positive experience. That's no, good. I would say mm, as a teenager probably not. Uh, but as an adult, I after it was like a 10-year hiatus from butt sex because it's like, this is, I've been told by society this is wrong and dirty and nobody told me that you need to get an enema kit and a, uh, and, and, and yeah, that's, there are things that you learn as an adult uh, that will make that much more pleasurable. That if you're, all you're told is you have to do this sex in order to not go to hell, uh, you're going to make some mistakes. We also talked about some unique products they have received from various companies. Which was the company that sent us uh, a bottle of their lube and toy cleaner? Was it Bad Dragon? Oh my God! Their yes. lubes. We, we were sent like two lubes and a giant bottle of toy cleaner, and you know a couple of things that I, you know, I, I can't fit up my ass yet, but I am not a quitter. Are they supposed to be? <laughs> one of them is a giant egg. Like it's this the thing. Number one, it glows in the dark. Okay, uh, your hands just showed like a basketball. Is I, that- <laughs> you know, I mean, around it has to be like I want to say this thing is four or five inches in diameter, and I'm like, you know, I I don't know if even with two Two years and and a the fifty five gallon drum of lube I'll ever be able to go there. Maybe I need to get drunk by this like this guy. Maybe that's all I need and the egg will fit. Thank Probably you. not. What, what do we call him again? Jungle Jim. Thank you, Jungle Jim. It's you may have just changed everything. It's see, just you need a fifty five gallon drum of lube. That's <laughs> that's and some time. Oh my that's, goodness, that yes. fixes everything. Lube does fix a lot of things. Right. Orgasms, masturbation, and lube fix a lot of things. Oh God, yes. 
If you are in the camp of folks who really want to try anal sex, or any sex for that matter, and you feel anxious about bringing it up to a partner, this excerpt with Alice and Yvette might resonate. In all seriousness, though, uh, a lot more people should be a little bit more open and honest. And that's the thing. If your partner can't necessarily satisfy that need, they will be more than likely at least willing to try. Because if you're with someone, why wouldn't they want to see you happy, especially, you know, in the bedroom? Most people are willing to please. And if you're not with someone who's really willing to please and looking out for your enjoyment that's probably not a great relationship to be in. Yeah, the communication is is so big, and most people do really care. It it would really hurt me to find out that someone wasn't expressing because it doesn't have to be their fantasy, as you were saying. Or what if you both have the same fantasy? And you've been holding back. Yeah. Oh, that happened to me. I I dated a guy for for a while who um, only told me after a long time that he was into the kitty girls from anime that have like the ears and the the little tail. So hmm. I got myself a, t- a butt plug with a tail on it. Aww. You know, you if it's something that, that you might not be into, but it's going to turn your partner on a ton, dive in. Why not? It, yeah. the, it's He fucked me like he hadn't fucked me in a long time. Yeah. It was like the first sex all over again. Because it so. becomes a turn on for you. I mean, obviously there are exceptions. There are things that people don't feel comfortable doing, but usually yeah. I think what happens is whatever your turns your partner on kind yeah. of becomes a turn on for you in some way. Yeah, it's because you see you see their reaction yeah. and it's you know it's like oh this thing is very sexy to them and you know so so what if I got a collection of tails uh, butt plugs with tails in them? <laughs> I'm just saying it was a worthwhile investment. Smaller than the basketball, I hope. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, the egg basket. There's also the giant tentacle. Oh, I have the tentacle. I same here. I haven't. I have not attempted to mount it yet. Yeah, bad dragon tentacle. It's about sixteen inches. I'm. Sh- and this is a butt plug. Uh, it's or it's a just anal toy. You can put it into either. I either think you can put it into orifice. any hole. And of course, they like they they attach onto the wall. So if you're if you're motivated and lonely, you can do this on your own. It's just. The, the giant, the egg butt plug, though, like, I think there had to have been a miscommunication on what size I ordered, but... Whew. That's a hard thing online, though, is to know what size you're ordering. Yeah. And they do custom products, so I love bad dragon toys, but in all seriousness, most people don't realize what the difference between an extra small or a small is versus the medium. Yeah. Because medium sounds, I mean, when you put on a shirt, most mediums fit you know a lot of people yeah Yeah. i'm sure i ordered the medium egg uh why didn't i order the extra 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 small if that's the medium (laughs) that just i mean i i could have it's there's a chance the order got screwed up or there's a chance that i did not read carefully enough but i (laughs) would have never thought medium would be bigger than there is an office kitten in here today and that thing is much larger than the office kitten we had tape measures i'm not even kidding when i say we spent a solid like two to three weeks measuring everything and figuring out sizes and measuring all my different dildos and toys. That's another super important point about anal sex when you plan to use toys. Always check the actual measurements when you're shopping online. Don't go by the photo alone or try to eyeball it. Right now, the Pleasure Chest is featuring anal sex toys and accessories for everyone from anal amateurs to prostate pros. You can explore their wide selection of butt sex toys, including beginner anal beads, prostate massagers, vibrating plugs, and dildos small to extra large. Click the link down in the show notes to go straight to their featured collection. They have designer butt plugs, starter kits, 
plus enema play and douching kits. Again, that's The Pleasure Chest at thepleasurechest.com. Speaking of toys, we will wrap up today with an excerpt from last year's episode, All About Pegging, with sex educator Luna Matatas. We explored several common myths about pegging, including bigger is better when you're selecting an anal toy for strap-on play, which led into tips for choosing a great harness and making the most of your experience as a receiver. Yeah, sometimes our eyes are bigger than our buttholes, and we want this 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 fantasy of giant things, and we think that bigger is going to give us more stimulation, more pleasure. And the anus, the pleasure anatomy of the anus, doesn't actually work that way. For some people, Luna told me, the idea of bigger is connected to the aesthetic and fantasy of taking something really big in. Maybe you watched something on porn and you were excited about that, and it gave you the idea that something really large would be the most exciting. But for many people, the pleasure they desire in their bum has nothing to do with something the size of a fist. It could be a really nuanced finger. It could be a tongue. It could be a small dildo or a small butt plug. And that's going to maximize your anal pleasure and help train your ass for bigger stuff if you do want to get bigger. So it sounds like that's a really good beginner step too. Even if you are someone who ends up really desiring a fist size or something much larger, do you recommend easing your way in literally and, well, literally with, you know, your finger, with smaller toys, with, you know, before you go to the the triple X? Totally. The triple X is like next level. And everyone, whether they're taking from a finger to a penis, to a dildo, to a fist, everyone requires anal training. Our, our anus is a, a muscle or built up of several types of muscle. And so we don't necessarily have that constriction and expansion in the same way that we talk about vaginal muscles. And, and we don't necessarily need vaginal training, but we need anal training because the anus just functions differently. And so when thinking about how do I build up to this, one of the great ways, if you're the peggy or you're the receiver, is to start touching your own butthole and, and to you know put your finger up there in the shower and get used to the sensations. Start masturbating with your butthole. Start using really small butt plugs and allow your ass to get kind of comfortable with being penetrated and being a receiver. And, and from there, then we actually start to, it's, it's actually a physiological experience for people where we toughen parts of the tissue around the anus so that they're more likely to be resilient and they won't necessarily tear or injure as easily. And then the muscle, we're training the muscle to expand and get stronger. And so that helps with penetration, whether you're taking bigger things or smaller things, it just helps ease any discomfort or pain if we slowly build up versus I've never put anything in my butt, babe. Can you just peg me? Here's another very common myth about pegging that it's really all about the receiver's pleasure, when in fact, there's potential for pleasure not only for the peggy, but for the pegger. Ooh, yes. Strap-on play for some people looks like it's a one-way thing and that the receiver that's getting all the pleasure because the strap-on doesn't necessarily have any biological feedback for the giver. And so if you're strapping it on and you've got the silicone dildo you think, well, I'm putting something in someone and I'm not getting, and this is really our society's problem with kind of phallic centered pleasure and that everything is going to be in the penetration tool. And that's where all the pleasure comes from. 
And, and that's not true. And so we've got a whole, you know, erotic experience that is a combination of our physical selves as well as our erotic selves. So your, your mind is taking in like what's going on. Maybe this is the first time that you've penetrated your partner. Maybe this is a fantasy you both have been really wanting to do. So there's all this mental excitement and mental stimulation. There's a visual stimulation as well. And there's a physical stimulation. So the clitoris actually has um, stimulation potential from the mound of, of the vulva. There's vibrators you can slip into your strap on or things like that. Even just the, the simple kind of pounding that you would get also during vaginal penetration, that is stimulating. It, it's almost like a really big vibrator that you're creating against your body. I feel like the dildo gets all the attention. How important is the harness? What are your tips for choosing one that's really helpful? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because I think this is one of the places where people buy something cheap and then they decide that they don't like strap-on play. The harness is really important so that the giver feels comfortable and that it's actually holding the dildo against their body so that they have more control and it's not kind of flopping around, which is going to give them problems and, and often can just shake your confidence if you can't get the dildo in or you can't thrust comfortably or you feel you're contorting your body. So it's really important to look for a harness that is both a comfortable material, but also has multiple points of adjustment. And so those adjustments can be buckles, they can be straps, like anything that helps like shape it to your body. So it feels like a seamless extension. Lots of strap-ons that come sort of in a kit um, are nylon material and they're really hard and rough on the body. So they can also cause abrasions. So you want to look for something a little bit softer. There's strap-ons in all different materials. If you're not a fan of leather, there's silicone, there's vinyl, there's all different types of um, materials, but we're really looking for multiple points of attachment. I love that you teach people how to be good at receiving pegging as well, because I think there's this idea that you just sort of sit there and let it happen. Yeah, I think that receivers can do so much more that actually adds to the pleasure for everyone. So if you're an active receiver, you're an active bottom, that can look like even communication. So giving reassurance when it's good. So that's moans, that's wiggling your bum or pushing backwards. And also giving feedback when it's not good, because as a giver, I've often been in a position where I think, well, that looks like it hurts. Like you don't look like, and you're like, yeah, it's okay. Like keep going. And so there's a disconnect that shakes everybody's confidence. Like don't take it, just give feedback. Even if it's, you know, very simple words like, oh, like slower, softer, harder, faster, like very simple cues to increase the communication. such great advice and i hope you all enjoyed this walk down butt play memory lane learn more about today's featured guests at the link down in the show notes or on my blog at girlboner.org if you're enjoying the show please make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast app consider leaving a rating and review and let your friends know about it thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful girl boner embracing week <laughs>